tangent, but I'll try to bring it back go, with this go, point here. Go, 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 <laughs> go. I love the interviews where, like, because, see, I hate, and the thing I like about you is I hate the ping pong interviews where I ask you a question and you answer it. I ask you, no. Oh, buddy, yeah, see, no. no yeah. yeah, go off. <laughs> so, okay, well, then I'll finish it with this. To make the ultimate point, and I am not at all comparing myself to this person. I'll say that first. But uh, if you haven't seen Dave Chappelle's newest little mini special that they released on on uh, the Netflix YouTube channel, it's called uh, 843 uh, or something like that. It's the, it's the amount of time that the cop had uh, his knee on George Floyd's neck. And that's what he called the special was that amount of time, 843, like eight minutes and 43 seconds or something like that. And in that special, he talks about, you know, people asked me, you know, uh, 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 you know, Dave, why haven't you said anything? Why haven't you, you know, stepped out? You know, he and he goes because the streets will speak for themselves. Like I trust you guys to handle it. Like I'm here and I'm fully fucking behind you, but I don't need to be like in the way. Like he doesn't necessarily say it that way, but like I totally agree with that. Especially like I said, I I don't I don't ever want to be. Uh, especially, like I said, a white person being like, hey, no, don't, when I'm not ever being asked to do that. That's the, always the most annoying thing in the world. One of my favorite jokes is like, uh, uh, black people are offended by black jokes, uh, Mexicans are offended by Mexican jokes, and white people are offended by black jokes. It's just how it works is like, there's too many, like, there's white people that just feel that they need to prove themselves. And, and do a gesture that's, that is really just a false gesture as opposed yeah. to just the first thought in your mind should be that human needs help or that human needs compassion or understanding. And, you know, I, I, at least I try and we all try, hopefully, you know, we all have to admit we have failed sometimes, but we try to do that to really just, at least I do be zoom out and, and, you know, have love and compassion. So yeah, and, I don't and I, know what the original question was, but there's my answer. <laughs> I, I forgot too, man. I'm so see now. Like I'll ask questions and I'll be like, "Okay, that's good." I don't remember what I asked, but it sounded good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that's true. And I feel like honestly, we all need to stick together. But it's it's kind of hard because I feel like there's problems on the internal side. You know, like, like it's hard to fix a community when there's uh and there's problems with every community like but it's hard to fix a community when you are almost being cruel to your own people like say for example oh yeah like like say for example how the lgbt treats uh trans you know people you know they don't necessarily like to accept them you know which which oh and that's that's tech, and I, I, I'm, you know, I, I consider myself non-binary. You know what I mean, and and so like I totally get that. I have even amongst myself, I feel like I have kind of a, you know, a, a inner turmoil of like, well, I, I grew up as a boy and always, you know, f- thought I needed to be this, but now that I've can become an adult, I do, you know. I've had many friends that have explained exactly how I have felt, and they are all considering themselves this, you know, 
non-binary or whatever they would be maybe i should kind of consider it but it is yeah it's it, there's so many types of people there's so many different uh you know arguments that that some things get lost in translation some things get get you know for example like i always talk to some some older people uh that you know they're like well i'm just not going to call someone they because that's not grammatically correct and i and i saw i said look it's not it's less of deconstruction of the language that you hold so dear and love, which I do too. I'm a dyslexic kid. I can't read very fast. And I can't spell very good. But <laughs> because of that, I have tried my entire life to actively speak correctly and, and have good grammar because I, I hate the idea of being like, whoops, I didn't know I sounded like an idiot. But right. like I so I told her, like, I understand that you love your language, but what it is is more of a deconstruction of what is considered uh, what, we're, what we are expected to be in, in life. We want to just be able to be what we want to be as opposed to what you think I should be, you know, and going back to the riots, you know, it, it, this is it, I, this is what I hope happens in this movement a little bit better than some of the past. Like the the Occupy was like a horrible failure because. There were so many people out there with so many differing opinions and differing uh, um, agendas. Like you would ask one person, what are you doing here? Well, we're here because Wall Street has this. And then you ask somebody else, well, because the 1% has that. And it's like, what are you guys, what are all of you fighting for? As a, and, and they would all just be like, well, you know, and you find out it's all kind of personal, you know, as opposed to like, let's fix this big issue. And yeah. I think that th this one, <laughs> what's happening now, it's not going to be dropped. It's too fucking late. Like, if the people in charge were hoping it was going to be like left alone eventually and people would forget about it, it's not fucking happening. Yeah. Because every single name keeps getting added to this list. And I keep seeing them. I keep everyone I follow keeps posting. And I wish I could remember every name and I can't. And that's a problem. Yeah. Why is it that it's a problem to remember the victims' names of the police? Like, and this is coming, I'll say this and be totally honest. I am, I was pro-cop. I, to a certain extent, kind of want to still be pro-cop. Because like, yeah, we need people to protect us. And if someone's breaking in my house, I'd love to have someone come and protect me. And if I'm getting stabbed, same thing or whatever. Like, I, I, but that's my own privilege. I've never had a bad experience with a cop because I'm white. I can't deny that, you know? So like, as as long as like, as as long as I hope other people, you know, let's say even other white people, I I hope I'm not standing. By the way, this is totally a side note. I'm trying to be super honest and open about this because I am a firm believer that race should not be an uncomfortable topic. Like yeah. the amount of people that talk about it and uh, oh, ooh, um, that guy over there, he's. He's, you know, he's a, 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 a black guy. Yeah, he's a black guy. He's standing over there. What, what about him? Uh, he, is he, does he need a drink? Are we working? Like, like at work, like if I'm describing a customer, like he's an Asian guy. He's got a white shirt on. It's a V-neck. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to, you know, label somebody. I'm just, we're just, let's just be, it's okay. It's okay. We're humans. That's the whole thing. We're humans, you know? So yeah. us humans, hopefully we'll zoom out and have compassion and this movement will be able to have a really, you know, concise, uh, you know, this 
God, I'm going so off topic, but I will promise I'll bring this back. During the quarantine, one of the best things I heard from one of my smart, like one of my, uh, one of my friends that is the smartest person I know, and I, everything she says I take with like so much, you know, esteem. She was like, "What needs to happen now during the quarantine is is decisiveness, calmness, and kindness. Really, go to the grocery store, grab what you need, and leave." Yes, there's only going to be two di- types of beans, and you don't, you're not going to like either of them, but just grab it and go because the amount of time you're standing there could be another you know, exposure. It could be another thing, but be decisive, be kind, and, and, and you know, be compassionate. And I think that those things can continue onto this movement of like, look, we need to be decisive in what our message is. We need to be kind, you know, in, in each other. And that goes for the police, too. Of like, fuck, that's what I mean by, like, what do you expect happening in a, in a peaceful protest when cops show up in riot gear? Like, that's, that just right there shows that one side of this, of this uh, would, I guess you could see now it's a disagreement, is expecting the worst. Which exactly. makes the other side just go, well, shit. What what uh, well hold on man we were just talking why do you have a gun you know like is, or is whatever people so, were people were literally attacking uh peaceful protests and I don't know if you saw this but police officers were it, it was almost like a Mario game where you find the gold coins police officers were literally delivering bricks coincidentally I saw that perfectly shit perfectly wow yeah like downtown um somebody took a picture and he said now now there's no construction these random pile of bricks i think i saw the exact same post too yeah Yeah. you know and at first uh somebody asked me about it and i was like i'm not for the riots i'm not against the riots but you know if, if if burning down neiman marcus makes it the the world equality you know, or more equal, then I'm all for it. But after seeing that, that made me feel like that's what they wanted us to do. Because I yeah. drove through downtown Dallas the uh, the night, like the day after, and I was like, ah, this sucks. Because downtown is like a very important place. It's like a, that's where I spent half of my childhood. And to see it destroyed and like the McDonald's down there, across the uh, street from the Greyhound bus station, they had the best sugar cookies. I was like, no, not That's destroyed? Bricks were, like, literally thrown. They have wow. right now. Yeah. No, that sucks. That's the only place you can go pee when you're walking downtown. (laughs) Right. Right. I say that because I I literally would go downtown for, like, two hours, you know, uh, for, for street photography. And you know downtown anywhere you you know no public restroom, but yeah that sucks. <laughs> but no, yeah. that's crazy. That's there are so many things. Yeah, there was a lot of moments that happened that I was like, oh fuck, that's like right there, like the photo of the guy who got shot in the face by the uh, by the the rubber bullet. Yeah, uh, that he's sitting. I I kid you not, it, probably exactly in the same spot. Or a few feet away from a street photo I took of the of these two uh, guys giving each other he, uh, two guys giving each other uh, like a haircut on the street like they're homeless yeah. I think I took the photo of them sitting there 
few months ago and I'm like, oh my God, I've been there. It's my, like, I know that spot. Like this dude was brutally shot in the face by the cops in my fucking house, you know, in my home. Yeah. What the fuck? You know? And, and I mean, and I mean, like I, uh, well, well, I didn't make the mistake, but I, I had to do this because, you know, I was, d- don't do drugs, kids. I don't condone drugs of any kind. But, you know, sometimes I use LSD to meditate. And, yeah, yeah, there uh, we go. Yeah, and I was, uh, I didn't want my mom to know because not a lot of, you know, people demonize psychedelics so much. Nobody really understands them and I was yeah like, oh. i think some people some people ruin it for the rest of us they, yeah. they go too far and then everyone else goes see this is what happens you start killing people well that guy did 20 dad like what do you what he did so <laughs> much you like yeah it, exactly and like my tolerance used to well i used to think my tolerance was high but i was just getting crappy tabs like they were so <laughs> crappy it took 10 just oh for me to, yeah they were horrible and uh and so like say for instance uh i was like okay i haven't done this in a while so i'm gonna do three i would just do three and i was like mom do we have to go to walmart can't we just stay here and she was like no i have to get some we gotta go to walmart and you know one thing that lsd uh does it opens it makes your spirit vulnerable and it exposes it and the vibe outside was just oh my god! There was only one person with a good aura in that. Oh yeah, whole... yeah. <laughs> leaving, yeah. Uh, leaving, um, uh, like a space and going to a different space is is intense on on acid. Yeah, because you're like you're you really do start to feel the vibe and the energy of the room you're in. And the moment you transition to another space, which is literally going from like my bedroom to the hallway, that is like, oh, and then then you're going into Walmart, yeah. which is like, ah, like right. so many people in here. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, be I'm telling you, uh, what kind of uh, <laughs> music do you listen to? Uh, I'm going to give the most cliche answer that everyone says. I listen to everything except for country. No, um, I do listen to pretty much everything except for modern country. And I'm pretty proud to say that because I've I've actively tried to expand my musical taste. When I was younger, I was classic rock only. I hate rap. That's stupid. A country is stupid. And now I'm like, wait a minute. There's some kind of cool country guys that are like kind of punk. Like uh, Henry Willie or uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Hank Williams the third is like a straight hardcore punk kid, but he makes like it's technically you know country. And then you know, uh, but also on the other hand, like rap, obviously I got super deep into it. You know, a few years ago I deep dived into older stuff like fucking you know. Um, and now I can't think of anybody, but like obviously, Beastie like I like Boys, maybe. Yeah, like, see, I don't really like the Beastie Boys. All right, but I like Outkast. I like the, the Run DMC is great. Fucking, um, so you know, obviously, like Rappers Paradise is the one song you everyone's gonna have that in their fucking their yeah. uh, thing. But like, but even up to like, I like Tech Nine. Fucking, um, one of my favorite is uh, Dell the Funky Homo Sapien. Like, oh, wow. I love that guy he's got like one of my favorite uh just like his his cadence or whatever his his, uh what's it called jesus christ his rhythm there you go um is great 
But other than that, like, I mean, I like all sorts. I mean, fucking, I like pop. I love, like, even normal, shitty, like, Sia. I will blast Sia in my fucking car, like, singing Chandelier. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't give a shit, you know. Sia's awesome. <laughs> and the yeah. moment I got respect for her is when I uh, was listening to her music. And I literally heard her voice cracking. Like, she's so authentic. Oh, yeah. She doesn't use auto-tune at all. And it's funny because they were, uh, have you heard her uh, Diamonds uh, demo? I think maybe. I'd have to go back and check it. Okay, so basically she wrote Diamonds for uh, Rihanna, basically. And the way Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. and she writes a lot of uh, music for a lot of artists. That's why I was first came out people were like oh she sounds like rihanna yeah because she writes all of her shit but, <laughs> but basically like she had the issue and she was just like tonight and she was just speaking nonsense and she would have some of the lyrics and she was literally letting the lyrics come to her like she would just oh, yeah. open her mouth and mumble words and the words that just made you would be like, okay, I said tonight here, and I said diamond here. What goes in, you know, she was letting the yeah, universe exactly. write for her. And I thought that was awesome. I mean, She's you, a great you, got, you got people like that. I was like, who is like, like Dr. Dre, like famously everything in, in the, and in all the shit uh, back in the day, he would just like listen to the beat. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, and he would just go, and then what you hear on the fucking record is that. Like he, like he would never write anything down. He would just like, it's all in his fucking head. And you're like, oh, so you're one of those like god, like goats. Like you're straight up like somehow you're different than the rest of us. Like you can just your mind just works that way, you know. Like for me, I've written songs. I have like side projects with music. Like I, I don't like to say I'm in a band, but I have a band project thing. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> it's an alter ego of mine. Like it's like not even me. I, I play like it's a whole like character thing. But it's all just to be like offensive and gross and weird. Like I like to always be, you know? And um but yeah. like I, I proud my I prided myself on writing the songs that I did. But even with those, like that's me going to rhymezone.com or whatever. Like what rhymes with uh you know like you have to start like coming up with some bullshit. And even those, I'm like, I'm so proud of this song. And then you see an actual musician. Like I just watched this video the other day of, um, I can't for the life remember the band he's in, but he's an extremely talented drummer. And he's just listening to his song that does not have drums on it yet. And he's like, I'm going to listen to it and then play this, the drums for it. And he's just like, he listen and it's a it's like a jazz song, so it's got syncopated beats. It's got like uh, different uh, uh, sections for uh, for solos and different. There's like a fucking piano solo and all stuff that he has to I'll... account for. You watch him listen to the song once. He then listens to it again with paper and pen to write something down. Then for the first music. take, records it, and it sounds beautifully. And he's like, "If I had to be done, that would be it." And it's like. Like I couldn't have been more aroused, you know, like someone that talented who can just like hear something so hard and then just do it. It, it like, it, that's why like I've had, this is the small moment I can be proud is some of the times when I'm doing photography and I have someone in the studio who knows a little bit about photography or at least has an interest. They'll watch me do it. 
And I don't realize it anymore because I've been, you know, I'm almost three or a little, almost three years into doing photography and, and like I'm moving fast, changing settings, checking lights, moving stuff around, all this kind of stuff. And they kind of have that look of like, whoa, you really know what you're doing. And I'm like, whoa, don't look at me like that. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, like I, yeah. I remember looking at other people like that. So yeah, don't that, I don't deserve that. That's that imposter complex shit I got. <laughs> But like, you know, it's, yeah. it's interesting when people are just immensely talented like that. Yeah. Who would you call What photographer would you collaborate with if you could collaborate with anybody? Uh, there's a guy on uh, Instagram. I can't. I don't know how to spell his name because it's weird, but his name is like Sal Shalomi. Uh, it's. Yeah, it's like Sal Shalomi. Yeah, whatever that, however you would sell, spell that, S-A-L and then Shalomi. Uh, he's a guy from, he actually lives in New York and L.A. Like he goes back and forth all the time. And so like, so much of my stuff, I've taken inspiration from him. And he seems to be, at least from what I can tell on his stories, which, you know, is not really what people are like, you know, like you find someone online and you're like, I really know them, but that's just the parts that they want to show you, you know? But anyway, he seems like a fun guy. Like he, uh, he seems to be really into comedy and improv, which is like me. So like, I feel like we would get along in the same kind of interests and be able to make something kind of cool. But um, other than that, I mean, there's a, there's a guy in, there's, there's uh, two people in Nashville, uh, Joshua Black Wilkins and uh, Kate, uh brat bradley i think brat i forgot i think it's just kate brat uh, or something like that of course now i'm forgetting everyone's name when i'm trying to be uh respectful and credit everyone but anyway they're they're both uh a couple and they're both photographers and they're phenomenal and i have one of uh kate's pieces on my wall like i you know she was lovely and gave it to me and everything like that and uh i'd love to be able to like one day make a road trip up there and work with them you know and they're both on Instagram, so you can follow them. Yeah. What's the greatest piece of advice you've ever gotten? Uh, fuck. Okay. Um, that's a hard one. Let's see. I guess, like, um, I mean, like, I, I'll say this. How about this? Earlier, I said the, the two best advice that I ever heard about comedy, and I only said one, which was play tragedy like comedy and comedy like tragedy. The other one I heard, this will at least be able to answer the question because the overall best advice that I think is too hard to answer right now. But the other one is uh, there is no vanity in comedy. Uh, and I think that's so beautiful. That Thomas Lennon, the guy who – who is Lieutenant Dangle from uh, Reno 911, the guy with the short shorts, that guy, he said that. And it's so good, true, because as he would know, wearing short shorts, like you can't worry about how you look on camera or, or in a thing when you're trying to be funny. You just have to be funny. And that goes for so many things. Going back, let's bring it back to the other thing I said. It's a skill that you can use somewhere else. You know, If I really don't worry about how the thing I'm making is being perceived, I will just make it and have fun doing it or, or enjoy doing it. And that's where true, in my opinion, art comes from. And if at the end of the day, someone likes it, great. But 
truly, if you're making something that you love and you try super hard at, it's going to find eyes no matter what, because there is genuineness there. There is creativity that, that people see that comes from of love there. Like a perfect example is the movie, The Room. If people who out, out there know about that, it's, it's famously the worst movie of all time. Yeah. And some people ask, why do you care about the worst movie ever? Can't any movie be bad? Well, it's like, no, bad movies, there are bad, bad movies. There are good, bad movies. And what makes The Room so good is that Tommy Wiseau made that movie genuinely believing he was making something amazing. He truly wanted to make something from his heart and from his mind that he thought was great. And only on the premiere, when people were laughing at it, did he realize that people were not taking it the way he intended. And then he rolled with it. And that is what's amazing is, oh, shit, I didn't want it to be that, but okay. And, and it was shitty. Like you could, anyone who saw that movie before it came out would have said, that's not going to be a success. And that guy's a fucking millionaire because of that movie, you know, because yeah. it was bad, you know? So I'm just saying, don't worry about being bad. Just worry about creating, just fucking create, you know? So best yeah. advice I ever heard is don't be vain in comedy and fucking just create, just do it. Fucking yeah. Nike said it, you know. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's and I don't know if you uh seen this movie. It's also a movie. People say it sucks, but it's just so complex. I don't think people actually get it. Have you seen Sucker Punch? I have not, but I have heard exactly what you're saying. Like there yeah. is no middle ground for the fans in that group. Like you either love Sucker Punch. Or you're like, that movie's fucking garbage. You know, like, yeah. there's no yeah, one that's well, like, oh, I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, it's a mo- perfect movie to watch on acid, by the way. All these, you know, <laughs> I don't, like I say, I don't condone drugs. But all these kids want to, Responsibilities, you know. You know, you know all these kids want to watch Alice in Wonderland on freaking shrooms. And, you know, some basic uh, sucker punch is the movie to watch, let me tell you. Because there are so many layers, like, say, for instance... People were saying the movie was sexist because of the outfits they were wearing, but he was basically turning a negative into a positive. It was uh, a form of empowerment that they wore those dresses because I know you've never seen it, but um, Baby Doll, whenever she would dance, they would not let you see her dance. And the reason is because Zack Snyder said, because that would have been sexist but yeah, then in power, yeah but so instead of the audience getting to see her dance they actually saw her in a powerful crime fighter you know post-apocalyptic scene you know and one of my favorite quotes from that movie is you have everything you already need inside of you now fight if you're afraid don't be if you don't think you're strong you are and that ties into your just do it. If you want to be a doctor, yeah, it might be hard, but literally just do it because you have everything you need in you to be that doctor, photographer, yeah. actor, singer. Actually, and like, honestly, the hardest thing is uh, actually getting up off your ass. You know, that's yeah, yeah. Hard you know what? The best advice I ever heard is something that I told myself. And that's it probably sounds super douchey. But I want to finally answer your question because I finally got it. The, be- the advice you always hear as a kid 
is you can do whatever you want to. You know, you could do whatever you want. And that's beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous. But that shit fucked me up as a kid because what it should have been is you can do whatever you want to do. You just have to work really fucking hard and be okay with that. Be ready for that. Because then I went into life being like, it's that entitlement. I mean, we all fucking have, at least my generation yeah. does, any fucking millennial exactly. does. And I'm trying my hardest every day to get the fuck away from that of like, why don't I have this? Well, I want to be a famous photographer. I want to go to LA and take pictures. Well, bitch, get you <laughs> out, get off your ass and do it then. Like, no go. one's going to fucking ever give you that opportunity. And here's another perfect, a personal example of mine. I went out. Uh, to the church, which is a goth club here in Dallas. At least it was before the world ended. It's still around, but yeah. R.I.P. Oh, uh, oh, it's still open? It's still open at a new location, unfortunately. But yes. that's that, Oh my God, yeah, I was so sad. That Swiss location, Swiss Avenue was so beautiful, yeah. But the church is at least still going. But um, like that, I went there for every Sunday, like uh, almost a year, for 47 Sundays in a row, I think. And um, that yes, that was for a girl. But while I was there, I also took a shit ton of photos and started just actively trying to be seen as a photographer there. And what that did, eventually, the people who were in charge there started noticing, and they actually started liking what I did because what I did was different than what everyone else was already doing and had been doing for so long, in my opinion, at least. And they reached out to me and said, "Hey, you you can come and like take photos when you want, like." We would like and that that's what came from me coming out for almost a fucking year straight because I actually tried, you know, a year before that I was thinking, you know what? I deserve to be able to walk in here and fucking do whatever I want. But like, I didn't actually say it, obviously. And I'm glad I didn't yeah. get it because I didn't fucking deserve it. You know, like, of course you don't. What the fuck have you done yet? You haven't shown anybody. You haven't done anything. So, like, I've said before, the best advice is, like, do you can do whatever you want. You just got to be really prepared to fucking work at it because sometimes it's going to be hard, especially in the arts. If you want to be, like, fucking – if you're if you a woman right now, be a fucking uh, – uh, uh, what is it? Electrical engineer, the, the coding and shit like that. Apparently yeah. in that specific field – uh, women are super underrepresented, uh, and you're ma they make a shit ton of money. So, like, you can do that, but even in that field, you're going to have to work really fucking hard. You're going to be good at math. You're going to fucking work a shit ton at your studies and shit like that. And like, But, you know, you can still do that. you got to work hard. So I'm going to say, like, in, not even in just the arts. Like, everything you want to do, just work fucking hard. And I know it sounds super cliche and dumb, but, like, like truly understand that you're going to have to work hard. There are going to be moments where no one's going to be helping you. Like not your mom, not your dad, not your fucking any, not your friends. You're going to be at work and someone's going to be yelling at you. And you're going to be like, I hate this, but I know I got to be at this job so I can pay for that fucking outfit for that photo shoot I want to do. And yeah, that's a specific thing I've had to do, you know? And that's because I want photography to be better. I can't do it for free, so I have a day job until that can be, you know, like, that's it's the struggle of an artist. But if you wanted to be an electrical engineer, guess what? You're not going to just walk into a great job that's paying you fucking six <laughs> figures. You're probably going to have to work at McDonald's and then go, hey, I'm going to go home and write code now, which is going to be great to do on my off time, you know.
Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it, just work hard. Just work hard, I guess. Facts, man. Facts. And like, it's funny because I was uh, interviewing this other guy, you know, and he was like, that. a lot of people think, oh, I want to be an actor. I want to get out of this town. I want to go to L.A. You know, yeah. it doesn't work like that. L.A. is where a lot of starring roles are. If you want to <laughs> yeah. get minor roles, you know, and work your way up, you know, go to Atlanta or Louisiana or the advice I got was stay in Texas, become a big fish in a little pond here, especially yeah. in the theater community. Then once you've conquered your town, go somewhere else, you know. And, and it's just like modeling. There's a billion people want to model. Unless you just have oh, that yeah. unique, unique style, you're going to have to work. It's, it's hard to do anything without any kind of work or you know, credits. If you don't have a resume, nobody will hire you in this day and age. And and in photography, in my opinion, there's nothing more true because, I mean, in a world where we all have a camera in our pockets, why the hell do you need me, you know? And, it, right. it's, and I have to make that question answered for them. You need to be able to look at my photography and go, oh, that's why I would hire this person, you know? That's why I would give money they'd need or want and charge for because I can't do that you know and and it's that only comes from a hard work that only comes from like coming and understanding what you want to do and what you want to create or what you you know want to go for you know you can't there are there are photographers out there and in my opinion of course this is all my opinion that have more followers than me but they're not really creating anything they they hustle they do that Instagram, they do that Facebook fucking social media hustle and they have more followers, but like you watch their shit, you watch their progression and you go, oh wow, like a year ago, your photos looked slightly better and you're kind of doing the same thing. Exactly. And like, if you look at my shit and I'm not trying to brag and, and fucking toot my own horn, but toot toot, this, this you look at my shit you year ago. Yeah, it's like you look a year ago, and I'm like, oh, shit. I was shooting, like, really bad film photos back then. Now I can do really good film photos and really good digital or whatever, and then let's see what I look like in a year when I can see the stuff I'm making now and think it's shit. You know what I mean? Like, it, it the moment you think that you're good and you don't need to fucking grow anymore and you're like, oh, no, 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 this is how you do it, then you're fucking – that's where you stop. That is the level that you will always be at because mm. it's it. I mean, be here's another great advice um, that I, I guess I gave myself or whatever is that like uh, be okay with being wrong. You know, like I love being wrong. The moment I'm wrong, then I have grown a little bit more. Like now I have the right answer. Oh shit. That's the right answer. Sweet. And I think that's even a detriment to my to myself sometimes because I'll be like, "Oh, I was wrong," and people will go, "Oh, this this guy's like uh, okay with being wrong. I'll just exploit the shit out of that," you know. <laughs> but like, it's I still would rather that and and almost and have the potential to be growing than to be like protective and like closed off and like, no, 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 no. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. You know. Yeah. So, has it, has anybody ever told you you look like David Bowie's son? I have not heard that one, but I will say it depending on what hairstyle I have, 
will change who uh, people say I look like. And I say that because I have had vastly different uh, opinions of what I look like. I have, like, when I had blonde, short hair, I had someone say I look like uh, Ewing McGregor, which I've never had before and never had since. But I was like, <laughs> oh, it's just because of the hair. It's because of train spotting. He had short blonde hair. Okay. And then I changed my hair to this. Now I have like a, a colored little short mullet. And someone, while I was at Starbucks working or whatever, they were like, Did you look like Little Peep. And I was like, I've never fucking heard that once before. But the moment I get a little color, I, of course, I don't even really know Little Peep that much. So I had to Google him like an old man. And I was like, oh, he's got colored hair that's kind of in a mullet style. I wonder why <laughs> that I look like that person, huh? So, like, I don't know. I just, at this point, am, like, anytime someone goes, Have you, has anyone ever told you you look like, I just say, it's the hair, I promise. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in a beauty shop myself. So, yeah, I know all about how hair can just change a person's face. Would you ever shoot, because I know there are some photographers that do uh, video photography. You know, I think um, uh, Taylor uh, did one where she was, like, covered in paint and uh white yeah. white underwear would you ever do something like that i have since i got the new camera i have already done that actually with taylor we've shot some cool stuff in video uh and that was one of the things to go back to what i was talking about before uh that i needed to upgrade from my old camera my old let's let's get super specific and get super gear heady if anyone out there cares about gear and photography here we go uh the camera i had before was a canon t5i which uh, the capacity of video on that camera was 1080p at 30 frames a second, and that's it. It could do 60 at 1080 or no, at uh, 720, which sucks. I mean, 720p is not HD in my opinion anymore. It's if when a world where 4K and potentially 8K TVs are 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 purchasable, like no, a 420 or 720p is not HD anymore. So I had to be like, I want a 4K camera. I want to be able to do higher quality uh, full frame photos as well uh, because I would love to be able to, like I said before, before I wanted to be an actor. So when I started making YouTube videos, it was straight to act. That's all it was. But halfway through that process of making those videos, I actually started really enjoying making the videos and being behind the camera and actually like being a director or, you know, Act, uh, editing it or like finding the stuff I needed to produce the, the, the whole sketch, you know, the, the location, the, the outfits or whatever, you know, and with that came my understanding of cameras and all that kind of stuff. And so I wanted to be able to do better stuff. And now I have my, I have a Sony a seven three, which does, you know, 4k video. It does a high quality, you know, fucking um what is it 24 megapixel uh camera pictures and stuff like that and with that i've been able to now just casually do really cool videos like that and i i've now done a few more with some other people that are uh not for you can purchase them if you want to find them uh but um but mostly i i that is a big thing that i want to work on a lot more uh coming when covid allows me to work with people again is I'm probably going to set sh uh, photo shoots up with the idea of being able to do a quick little video in mind as well. So, yes, I'm glad you mentioned that. That's ex exactly what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. What's your uh, favorite movie? 
top three movies, actually. Oof. That, I can't answer that. But I will say, I'll say my top favorite TV shows. How about that? Because uh, the I'll movies is hard, but I'll do, I'll do yeah. shows because that's a little easier. Uh, I, I like, and this goes, you'll see some threads going back to a lot of the stuff we've talked about. Uh, the top four is, uh, the top, th- these three are not in any particular order, but the, the, the number one spot is, obviously. So the other three are M.A.S.H., which is the old man show, the old oh, people oh, show. Oh, and, oh yeah, <laughs> man, that takes me back. My grandma, yeah. man, at, at that certain time at night. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One second. I think my headphones are dying, so I'm going to take them out real quick. All right, cool. All right, can you hear me? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so yeah, I have a, yeah exactly. Every time anyone talk, that my age talks about that show, they're like, "Oh, that's when I knew I needed to go to sleep." You know, there's a meme that I saw about that at least, and uh, I love that show because once you actually watch it, you realize it it is one of shows that with comedy, and, like comedy and and uh, sad moments, and uh, you know when they're going in the ER, they actually even. Every time they're doing any set or scene inside where they're doing the operation, there is no laugh track, which back in the day, everything had a fucking laugh track on it. That's how you knew when you were supposed to laugh. But on this show, they knew when to turn it off, which was in the serious bloody moments. You know, they still made jokes. It just had to be a little bit more serious. And there's so many moments in that show where it's got like amazing little stupid like one liner jokes coupled with some really serious like hey this is war and it sucks you know uh the next show is uh boston legal same exact thing super funny jokes coupled with really intellectual long monologues of like this is what society is and we need to do better kind of bullshit but it's really good show um then the other one is uh mystery science theater 3000 and that's just straight from my dad he liked that show and i watched it with him he it's a a show where they watch old movies and they talk over them and riff and make fun of it and stuff like that. It's really funny and I like it a lot. And then the number one spot is a new one. I used to have a top three favorite shows of all time and now it's a top four because of Barry on Netflix, or excuse me, on on HBO with uh, with, uh, Bill Hader. This show, I can't recommend it enough. I don't like to blow things out of the water for people because it sets too high of a proportion or whatever, you know, expectation. But uh, Barry is a great show. Exactly like I said, there are super, super funny moments. And then the serious moments, like it's Bill Hader plays a, 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 a hitman that used to be in the military. And now that he's out, he doesn't really know what to do other than kill people. So he does that for a living. And he gets into an acting class, you know. And it's just a fish out of water story. It has comedy bits like I like. It actually has jokes about theater and, and like – being an actor and, and being a non-successful actor all of the things that i've done so yeah. it's like super at home for me then not only that the moments when he's doing the killing and he's a hitman it's not funny it's super brutal and like they don't like do the 80s killing where they're like oh blah 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 blah, blah. And the like chest is like you know shaking and the blood is splattering like it's like schindler schindler's list dying shit like it's brutal <laughs> and not funny and that 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 uh, dichotomy, if that's the right word, or whatever, the, the juxtaposition between the funny and serious on all of those shows, 
are are some of my favorite shit. And it also plays with that tragedy is comedy shit. Like I said, it all comes around. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you. Now, uh, this just came out at the top of my head because I'm trying to kill time. But um, what was your, and I'll explain this, what was your... I was just there, top three, I was just there, favorite TV shows. And what I mean by that is shows that, you know, you do recognize, but you don't like, you didn't watch. Basically, for an example, Nova on uh, KERA used to come on. I, I think my grandmother would just have the television on for no reason at all, and then Nova would come on another one would be antique road show i didn't give a fuck about it but it was always on tv for some reason playing yeah and the other one would have to be oh it's this british show all of them's on k-e-r-a i I really think i just forgot to turn it off when the cartoons went off but uh it it was (laughs) this british show about this woman and her husband I think it was called uh, Mrs. Baird's Strange Necessities or something. But what was those shows? Oh, that does sound vaguely familiar. But yeah, so, so this is just a show I like I like to put on and always have on kind of thing. Um, we, we can do that too. But but a show that you're familiar with on accident, I guess. Oh, okay. That, that um, you would just stumble on. But like if it came on today, you would change the fucking channel so fast. But it was a part of your life by default. Wow. I don't know. That's that's a really super specific question that I really like. <laughs> because um I mean I remember I guess it's only because you brought up KERA, but I remember watching a lot of those shows. I mean, I would be over at my grandma's house when she literally would have the bunny ears right. on TV, and that's it. And it would be Channel 13, KERA, you know? And uh, it, I remember this one show on there uh, that was like, uh, it was like teaching you how to read. And like, they had puppets and stuff. And I remember it was the like, it, it it was the one where they would teach you how to read a word like uh, cast. Oh my god, that, that was my castle. That was shit. You're talking about uh, uh, in between the lions, bro. Yes, between, holy bro. Fuck. You, you you remember the look look CC coming up the lane? There goes spot. There goes dot. There goes chicken J. Yeah, I that show. Dude, I don't know why, but that show creeped me out. And the, as it, for whatever reason, I remember I was like drink. I was eating soup one time, like chicken with like chicken soup with bouillon cubes in it and shit. <laughs> and now every time I think of that show or I eat any bouillon like based like types of soups or whatever, I'm like, I think of that show and it just makes me feel so uncomfortable. I don't know. Like, I just remember the, the puppets, the way they would bounce was so like. Don't you want to play with us? And I was like, ah, like it's just kind of scary. So yeah, I would turn that show the fuck off if it came on now. Yeah, that brings me into my next question: top three childhood TV shows. Childhood shows, definitely SpongeBob. Yeah, now uh, SpongeBob is one of those shows where I will just cut on to have I'll cut on like because I got some DVDs so I'll just play them and just let it be played throughout my apartment I mean it's I have I don't like getting 
uh, autographs from people. Like when I used, to, I used to go to conventions all the time and like I would see people stand in line for all these celebrities for photos. And I never liked, I'm not going to spend 50, 80, a hundred, $200 for five seconds of your time to like, hello, I really like you. And blah, 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 blah. and then they go, thank you. And then you walk away. Yeah. But I saw fucking Tom Kenny. His line was like three people and it was $30. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. So I got in his line and I got his, I'm literally looking at his face. The voice of SpongeBob is on my wall right now framed. <laughs> and it says SpongeBob Tom Kenny 6316, you know, and, um, like I had to, I was like, it's 30 bucks and it's a voice of SpongeBob. Not only that, but when I got older, I found him on uh, Mr. Show, which is another comedy sketch show uh, from the 90s with Bob, uh, Bob Odenkirk and David Cross, which, you know, Bob Odenkirk went on to be Saul on, on Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad, you know. But like, it's like so many weird outliers and different tangents and shit but i told them that i was like i love you on spongebob i did exactly what i said i never wanted to do which was like i love you on spongebob and then when i got older i found you on mr show and blah 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 you know the only cool thing is, is i was with somebody who was uh older than me uh he's in his 40s or whatever and he remembers tom kenny from an even more obscure tiny show from the early early 90s and he mentioned that and you could tell tom kenny was like holy fuck where do you remember that one from? So I got a little cool points from that, which yeah. I, I appreciate. But so uh, it'd be SpongeBob. I mean, I remember loving. I remember loving all that and stuff like that when I was really, really yes. young. But I remember going back and watching it and re- realizing it was garbage. So I don't think that would probably be good. I loved Monk. You know, that's weird to yeah, say. Yeah, as a kid. But I, yeah. like, I, I love that show. I, I'm actually st- now currently re-watching it. Like, I watch it on my breaks at work. Um, other than that, the other childhood show, I guess, is, like, uh, probably Mythbusters. Because as soon as I found that show, probably when I was, like, 12 or 13, I, I watched every fucking episode. Like, that and Dirty Jobs. I was a big Discoveries, like, Discovery Channel kid for whatever reason. That and, like, uh, I would watch, like, Mad TV and a lot of Comedy Central stuff, a lot of stand-up specials. I would re-watch stand-up specials over and over and over when I was a kid, uh, which is just kind of explains why I like comedy so much. So, I mean, honestly, like, that's, that's what I did more often than TV shows is I would just go on the, like, when, when you finally were able to do Dish or whatever, you know, yeah. you recording DVR, I would go back and watch, like, I remember there was this one comic, comic like uh, uh, Drew Hastings, which he only had one special. He was an older guy. He was funny. I watched. I mean, that's how I got introduced by Stanley or uh, uh, John Waters. Yeah. John Waters has a stand-up lecture thing that's called This Filthy World. I watched that like a hundred times. The entire thing is him talking about his 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 uh, career and what he's made and his life with Divine and growing up next door to him and being friends with him. And I had no idea who he was, what these movies were, who Divine was, but I was transfixed by this guy. And it actually was one of the reasons why I have him tattooed on me is because I showed that special to one of my cousins and I was laughing and she looked horrified. And that was the moment I realized that I was I was the weird kid, you know, and then I just dove into John Waters stuff and realized, oh, he is the godfather of filth and is super weird and made these crazy movies in the 60s on drugs and shit like that. And like 
it he pushed the boundaries of what were acceptable in art and culture like back then and what exactly what i want to do now you know and that's why i have him tattooed on me so it's like yeah watching his special over and over is is what i would say is like my you know childhood movies and shows that i watched over and over you know yeah i definitely was the you know stereotypical uh you know uh, disney nickelodeon um now, sometimes I didn't have cable, like, depending where I was, that's what I watched. Like, my when I was over at my cousin's house, they were hardcore Cartoon Network fans. So you had the Adventures of Billy and Oh, yeah. Codename. You had uh, Dexter, Powerpuff Girls, Ed, Ed, Nettie, Johnny Buffalo, Courage, stuff like that. Uh, then when I went over to my dad's house, I would watch Disney Channel, which is the famous Jack Jackson, Are You Afraid of the Dark, Babysitter's Club, uh, That's So Raven, um, and Nickelodeon, of course, all of Dan Snyder's work was like funny as hell with all that, Dragon Jaws, Amanda Show, Victoria. Oh, yeah. I was just about to say, the only other things I can think of are like the Amanda Show. I watched Drake and Josh, you know, like, and that's the thing is like, I have weird, like, eras in my life where, like, yeah, I watched Nickelodeon and, and, and Disney Channel, like, everyone else, I think. But when I made that switch to Dis- to, to Discovery and yeah. uh, Comedy Central, it was a hard switch. Like, and I might have been a, probably a little too young for it. <laughs> like, I went from watching SpongeBob to, like, The Daily Show, right. you know, like, yeah. at, like, 12 or 13. And I'm like, yeah. John Stewart's so funny. <laughs> and I have no fucking clue what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Your whole class is like, who's John Stewart getting them into it? Yeah. Like, is this what he's watching? Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's been a great pleasure talking to you, man. Thanks again for coming on. It it means a lot. Hopefully I can get some of your friends on, you know. <laughs> Oh, I appreciate you having me. This has been really wonderful. I mean, any I, this is my self-serving. Like I said at the beginning, I like to talk a lot. Yeah. So I'm. I anytime someone gives me the opportunity, I'll, I'll uh, you know take the chance. And thank you for being interested and you know yeah. hearing me out. And yeah. And one thing, I my goal each podcast, I don't really worry about time because they're they were supposed to be thirty minutes, like twenty podcasts ago. I gave up on that. You know, (laughs) but um, one thing I do care about is good advice and wisdom. Uh, Each podcast, of course, I want it to be entertaining, but I want you, you know, the viewers to learn from it, not just to be entertained. And you said so many awesome things today. Oh, shit. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) I hope most of it wasn't bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> no, not at all. I feel like most of what I say is like someone's going to be out there being like, you're just dumb. You don't know what you're talking about. I try to come from a place of kindness. Like I said, kindness is really all you got to do. And I fail at it a lot. I, I get bitchy. And I get mean sometimes. But as long as you check yourself, you know, that's all you can do. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. And I'll talk to you later. Thank you. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>